This Moment Outdoors is brought to you by L.L. Bean, official partner of the National Park Foundation for the Find Your Park movement. This week, we talk with the host of the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, Heath Padgett, who has helped tons of RVers discover ways to become location independent. That, plus news about Thanksgiving travel from AAA, and a whole lot more. This is RV Miles. Welcome to episode 119 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, crisscross North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more. I wanted to to start off uh, here with an important important thing that I wanted to read to you, Abby. Don't touch that. That's mine. I just pressed a button <laughs> and I knew which button to press too. I feel very proud of myself. Yes. Okay. I'm so I see you and we're, we're, we're reversing roles here where you're going to read me something now. No, this is an important piece of news. Oh, 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 I thought we were about to have fun. All right. Give it to me. Let's go. National park rangers are advising hikers in Glacier National Park and other Rocky Mountain area parks to be alert for bears and take extra precautions to avoid the encounter. They advise park visitors to wear little bells on their clothes so they make noise while they're hiking. Bell noise allows bears to hear them coming from a distance and not to be startled by a hiker accidentally sneaking up on them, which might cause a bear to charge. Visitors should also carry pepper spray just in case the bear is encountered. Spraying the pepper into the air will irritate the bear's sensitive nose and it will run away. It's also a good idea to keep an eye out for the fresh bear scat so you have an idea if bears are in the area. Isn't that donuts? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Please, serious news. Please keep going. People should be able to recognize the difference between black bear and grizzly bear scat. Black bear droppings are smaller and often contain berries, leaves, and possibly bits of fur. Grizzly bear droppings tend to contain small bells and a smell of pepper. <laughs> So I don't, (laughs) okay, I knew this had to be going somewhere. (laughs) Welcome to the show, everybody. We're coming to you again from my hometown, the Quad Cities. We're working on prepping our 2020 travel. We're figuring out where we're going to go and what we're going to do. And as usual, it is a disaster and we'll change it a hundred times before we actually go somewhere. And (laughs) Let's just hope that in 2020, we don't change the way we did in 2019 and that the fall actually materializes itself and we get to do some of the things that we wanted to do. But we do have certain places we want to be at certain times of the year. But what it is looking like it's shaping up to be, unfortunately, is we're not going to get that big East Coast tour that we were hoping for. We're going to be in the Southeast for sure. For the Southeast for sure. But we have a family member getting married in the beginning of August. So that really now cuts our ability to get as far East as we had hoped because we need to come back and 
be here for the wedding and be a part of that. Also, I'm going to get my head put back together around then. So I forgot about that. (laughs) We want to do that as well. I (laughs) see at this point, I just figure that's the thing forever now. Like you're just going to be wearing your phantom of the RV piece for like forever. (laughs) I, I sure hope not. Hey, (laughs) keep your expectations low so that when something goes well, you don't have to reach too high to be happy about it. Thanksgiving is right around the corner and AAA has released their annual holiday travel report while they actually release them for all the different major travel holidays. This is the one I have to say I'm always the most curious to see. Yeah, because it's supposed to be the busiest travel uh, exactly. time of the year. And we know a lot of people who do travel this time of year. So I'm always just really curious as to whether or not they're going to sit in traffic for 12 hours. They're saying that this is going to be the second busiest travel holiday since 2005. Yeah, I think they're saying somewhere around 50 million people are projected just to be on the road. And of course, yes, the the vast majority of travelers will be on the road. I think it's up 2.8% from last year. And the heaviest travel times, of course, are going to be on Wednesday, especially Wednesday afternoon as people are getting out of work. And some metropolitan areas are going to see four, five, six times the amount of normal travel time. You know, I was surprised because Chicago was number 10. Mm-hmm. out of the top 10. And so I was like, Oh, okay, great. You know, it's not gonna be so busy there, but I was surprised that Atlanta is number two on the list. LA makes total sense. It's number one, number one on the list. It'll always be number one forever and ever and ever. It, but it, I was a little surprised by Atlanta. It's because it's because the airport hub and but so many people are driving to the airport. There you go. I didn't even think about that or flying in to Atlanta and then pushing off from there as well. That makes perfect sense. I tend to forget that the Atlanta airport is really becoming like the jumping off place for all flight destinations. Well, it's interesting too, how much airports affect road travel as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we obviously, when we lived in Chicago, there were always huge delays around the Midway airport and on your way out to. Well, you get off the flight and then you pick any car on the lot. Pick any car in the aisle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> channel John McEnroe for a second here. They don't use John McEnroe anymore on, on the enterprise commercials. They don't. <laughs> Pick any real, car in the aisle. It's a real missed opportunity, which means I have to, I have to go off road here for a second because when you say that it reminds me, Jason has this running gag. When we get into the quad cities, there's an oil change company here that is called, uh, <laughs> That's it's called, called take five. It's called take five, but your oil change can happen in 10 minutes, but they want you to take five while you're I don't know what, 10 minutes. What the five is. I, I, I guess it means that's fine. Five liters of oil. I don't, Maybe. I don't know. It's so it's very similar to um, a Valvoline. So you don't get out of your car. You can just pull right up to the door <laughs> and then they just have you come in. Go in this little three garage oil change place. It's right next to the target, which is why we see it all the time. They have plastered all over this building, this sign that says, you stay in your car. You stay in your car. So so here's the thing. It's in you stay in your car. The way they do it is they put it in bold uppercase lettering, the whole thing. There's exclamation points. There's quotation marks around it, which is one of my favorite things on signs. When there's a saying with quotation marks around it for no reason whatsoever. Who are we quoting here? I know. So, you know, you look at it and it's like they're yelling at you. (laughs) 
just stay in your car. And so Jason, he does this every time we drive past this place. Well, now he's done it so much. He's laughing so hard. He's done it so much that our six-year-old, that Henry, when he sees these, you hear, you stay in your car. Like you hear this teeny tiny little voice come the back. So, you know, much like pick any car on the lot or whatever that was with John McEnroe, I guess he's, he really take five as missing an opportunity because they should get him. They should. And they, he should be doing. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's like, it's like big on the sign and then it's the, you it's, don't even, then it's very big and bold on the garage door too. So door. as you pull up, you're like, well, here's the deal. Okay. <laughs> you would think the company was called. You stay in your car. Yes. Cause that is bigger than the, the sign. That's the name because of the, the take five sign is just right when you pull into the parking lot and it's maybe, I don't know, three by three. I don't think it's anything. It's you would miss if you blink, you're going to miss it. Yeah. I think it must mean five quarts of oil. I don't know. I think because most like regular and then, and then there's probably a upcharge if you, if your vehicle takes more than five quarts. I don't know. And no. I just listen, bless them. You know, they're getting their point across. Just don't yell at me. <laughs> I mean, punctuation matters. Font matters. Like, don't yell at me. Anyway, <laughs> I hope people are staying in their cars. They listen to this. They may have exited already because they're like, I don't know what these two are up to this week. All right. We've got a great show this week. Uh, Heath Padgett is here. And, Poor Heath. And it's like, this is my intro. It was such a great interview and I'm, I'm so excited to share it with you guys. So we'll have that. We'll be back in a minute with that and the answer to last week's brain teaser. You stay in your car. RV Miles is sponsored by PelicanCoolers.com. Hey, this is our last chance to tell you about Pelican Coolers. What a great gift they are for the holiday season. If you're looking for a gift for that outdoor person in your life or that person that just likes to carry cold beverages around with them wherever they go, Pelican Coolers are made in America. They are Airproof, they are lifetime guaranteed, and we just love them. But this is the last week of their sponsorship with us, and we're going to miss them. So this is your last opportunity to go over to PelicanCoolers.com/rvmiles and get a free tumbler with any hard-sided cooler purchase. These are great coolers, guys. What makes them bearproof is the fact that they have these awesome press and pull latches that you can easily shut with the back of your hand, with your elbow if you need to, if your hands are full, but a bear can't open them. More importantly, neither can a raccoon or a possum or anything else that is much more likely to be getting into your food See. at the campground. We've had that happen before. That's that's no good. So we're a big fan. They have all kinds of other features. They've got cup holders on the top. You can strap them down into your truck bed, but still be able to open the lid. Pelican coolers. Did you say bottle opener? Because I feel like that's one of the most important things you should be saying. <laughs> they have bottle openers. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Moving on. And they have hard-sided versions and soft-sided versions. So check them out over at pelicancoolers.com slash RV miles. It is time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, which was a whole lot of fun to read. <laughs> it goes like this. If two hours ago, it was a, I can't see, there I go. There you go already. If two hours ago, it was as long after one o'clock in the afternoon as it was before one o'clock in the morning, what time would it be now? I did it. 
You did it. Now, what is the answer? It would be nine o'clock since there are 12 hours between the two times and half of that time is six. Then the halfway mark would have to be seven o'clock. If it were seven o'clock, two hours ago, the time would now be nine o'clock. All right. All right there. Sorry. I look, I'm going to be perfectly honest. Something popped up on Facebook while we were doing this and I'm sitting here going, oh my God, mom, you, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love it when the parents get on Facebook. My mom just shared this dance competition video. It's a beautiful dance. I mean, it's stunning. Like it's from an Ohio star ball championship. Uh, but she's, she's really into the male dancer and the, the words, ooh, la, la were, were, were used. And I just want to be like, mom, stop it. So my mother gets on Facebook once a month and she proceeds to go to every single post of yes. ours and of our yes. businesses, like them and comment on them, Look, it's which that- we love and appreciate, <laughs> yeah. but. It's that time of year though, too, on Facebook and across social media, where if you're not getting some type of holiday meme, either for or against the holidays, it's just recipe after recipe after recipe for Brussels sprouts. That's right. Anyway, remember that interview we were going to (laughs) play? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Our winner this week. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Our winner this week is Jenny A. from Arkansas, who will receive the RV Miles boondocking t-shirt, which says, sometimes we boon barrel. Sometimes we wall dock, but usually you'll find us far from the gridlock. Miles from the gridlock, but who's paying attention? <laughs> it's far from the gridlock. <laughs> if you want a chance to win yours, you can listen to the new brain teaser at the end of the show or submit your answer, or you can go over to the RV Miles Teespring store. If you just go over to rvmiles.com, there's a link to the store in the menu bar, or you can go to the show notes at rvmiles.com slash 119. My guest this week is a world traveler who I think has always thought about RVing a little bit differently through sort of the lens of, uh, I guess the, the phrase would be a disruptive innovator. He's the host of the RV Entrepreneur Summit, as well as the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, helping thousands of people find ways to become location independent. Half of the dynamic duo of Heath and Alyssa and a brand new father. Welcome to the show, Heath Patrick. Thanks, Jason. Where in the world are you coming from today? I'm currently sitting in Denton, Texas, which is where my family lives and or all of my wife's extended family lives here and where my daughter's doctor is. And we basically kind of made a home base for ourselves here this year as we made the transition to parenthood. So this is where we're at right now. I want to get into that part of your life in a minute. But if we can start by talking about what led you to become, I like to ask everybody, what led you to become an RVer? What got you into this lifestyle? Yeah, totally. I, I think I'm sure it's similar to a lot of people uh, that we didn't have like a grand plan of getting an RV and traveling the country. Like that was not part of our plans whatsoever. And it all actually happened very quickly. Uh, we were getting married, engaged uh, back in 2013 and kind of that fall. And we were planning what the next phase of our lives were going to look like. And neither of us were really in love with our jobs. Neither of us were really in love with living in Texas during the summertime. And we basically wanted to find a place somewhere in the U.S. where we could start our lives together as a new married couple. And we were plotting different points across the country, maybe thinking about doing Airbnbs in different places that we heard were cool to try them out. And then Alyssa was looking at the map and just thinking about, you know, what we could do next to really kind of kick off marriage. And she sent me this like map that she, she's very much the planner in our family. She was like, Keith, if we want to hit up all these places that we want to visit, we're going to have to go 
zigzag all the way across the country and hit up so many different states. We have, we've always had this dream to visit all 50 states together. So why don't we just go ahead and knock that off our bucket list on our first year of marriage? And I was like, I literally just remember standing at my desk in Austin and I texted her back. I said, (laughs) let's do it. And then from there, we basically had to come up with a plan for how we were going to finance a trip like this. Um, and how we were going to tell our families that we were leaving our jobs to go travel across the country. And we didn't have a plan to do it in our view. It was more just like, we're going to go on this epic journey. One idea that I had at the very beginning is ideas kind of typically get better as you go was to throw like a pop-up inflatable mattress in the back of my wife's Honda CRV, which would have been a terrible <laughs> idea to spend your honeymoon. So it was the show. Many of my ideas are very bad, but anyway, through a myriad of conversations, uh, one of the, ideas that did come to fruition was I had a lunch meeting one day with a mentor named Jia Zhang who wrote a book called Rejection Proof. And he also did a YouTube video series called 100 Days of Rejection, where every day he went out and intentionally had people say no to him with the goal of desensitizing himself from the fear of being rejected. He had got uh, a no from a venture capitalist to invest in his business. And he realized that this fear was holding him back. So he went on this journey to get over this fear of rejection and on day three, he went to a Krispy Kreme donut store and asked for them to rearrange his donuts into the shape of the Olympic rings. <laughs> and with the whole idea of them saying no, and the lady was like, how did the rings look? What are the colors? And she gave them to him. And uh, the video ended up going viral and she like gave them to for free. And so for this whole 100 day journey, 97 of the days, he had millions of people following along for his journey. And then he did a TED talk and all this stuff. Anyway, we we shared a mentor and... I guess I was at a similar crossroads where I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next in my life, my business. And we had kind of a, um, a rough idea for what we wanted to do next. We wanted to do this 50 state road trip. So we were hanging out at, at lunch and I said, Hey, I know you don't really know me, but I'm 23 and I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do next in my life. And I want to go on this 50 state road trip with my wife. And he said, the first idea that he threw out there was like, you should work a job in all 50 states. You can like apprentice people on like a farm. You can go to like a, uh, you know, where they make cheese in, in, in Michigan or no, I'm sorry, Wisconsin is cheese state. <laughs> you can like work on a dude ranch in Colorado. You can do all these kinds of fun jobs and just kind of use this as a big experiment and document your journey. And I was like, I love that. I'm going to do that. He didn't know me from Adam. So he's like, okay, lots of people have asked me for advice. Um, anyway, moving on. So, I called Alyssa and I was like, Hey, I got this great idea for what we can do on our honeymoon. I'm going to work a job in every state. And she was like, that's <laughs> the worst idea I've ever heard. You know, I'm not going to work on our whole honeymoon, but I ended up doing some research and I found this job board and I found their head of marketing on LinkedIn and I shot him a message and kind of just told him all of my ideas for this whole tour. And he ended up calling me like 15 minutes later and basically saying like, Keith, we've been trying to find some type of like intern or person to go travel around the country and wrap the bus and work jobs wow. and like blog about them. And so literally with no blog, like no experience, no audience, um, this random company called snag a job ended up flying me up to their headquarters in Richmond, Virginia. And basically I pitched them this project. They liked it. They realized I wasn't crazy. And, uh, I told them I was going to like go on this, this trip without them, but re- ultimately we couldn't have financed it. So they ended up giving us like a thousand bucks a month and um, a stipend to go do this trip. And they also said, hey, would you be interested in turning it into a documentary? And I asked Alyssa and she was like, that's another thing that we've written on our bucket list. Alyssa kind of has a central theme of like holding me to my crazy ideas. And so she agreed to film this whole thing, even though she had no experience in documentary work, which was amazing. So on the morning of our wedding, we got two cameras in the mail 
And a week later, we were in Albuquerque, New Mexico, working my first job, which was at a place called Project Dojo, which is a martial arts studio. And I've never stepped foot in a dojo in my life, but it was like a 13 hour day. And by the end of the day, I'm like teaching these kids in Albuquerque, you know, like how to do karate kicks and stuff like that. And it was exhausting and I, you know, worky. And so basically for the next year of our lives, our first year of marriage was this kind of epic 50 state road trip that we did in exactly 51 weeks. So we almost did it in a year, but we did it in, I'm sorry, 50, it was like 53 weeks. It was like right over a year. Um, and so we went to all 50 states. I worked a job in each one and there was like lots of ups and valleys. And how we ended up getting an RV was, we were like, Hey, the best way to go do this trip is probably like in an RV. My wife has a gluten allergy. And so we can like cook our meals. It'll probably be, che- it'll be cheaper than staying in hotels. We'll have our home on wheels. So from the time of like, we, we got married in May and I think we bought it like a month before we hit the road. And so we did no research. We knew nothing about the whole, you know, like people who were living on the road and that wasn't, it wasn't as big of a thing. And from like a content creators in the RV space, you know, like we saw, we found Jason and Nikki Wynn after a while on the road, but there in Technomadia, but we didn't know there were a lot of people kind of as many people creating content in the space at that time. And we didn't even know that there were other people doing it who were younger. Um, and so this was in 2014 when we hit the road. And so that was kind of like our foray into getting in an RV. Uh, yeah, a little bit crazy. It's it's wild to think that that wasn't that many years ago and how, how much that exact space has changed the number of YouTube vloggers and bloggers and, and, and you've been a big part of helping a lot of those people, which we'll, we'll get to in a, in a minute, but how, how did you end up going from, you know, deciding you're going to go to all these 50 States and, and then add on, you know, we're going to try working a job in every state, but you were originally looking for a place to settle down in. How did you decide, Hey, maybe we're just going to keep living in an RV. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people talk about this whole notion of finding a home base is a reason why they hit the road. But honestly, that motive went out the window really quick. I think we just completely forgot about it because we were having a lot of fun. Um, so we, I mean, we were going to national parks and I remember there being at one point we were out on the West coast pretty early on in the journey. And I'm like, I went from working in an office and, you know, making cold calls and sales and stuff like that to now I'm getting to hang out with my wife. We're getting to travel and I'm getting to do work. We're not really making any money yet. We're making a little bit, but I guess I could kind of get a taste of there's this other way of maybe going about my career. That's a bit unconventional. And so our, our goal kind of shifted on early on. It wasn't like a spoken goal. We didn't like tell anybody this really, but it kind of shifted from how can we, um, find a home base to our goal, then change to how can we not have to ever give up this really cool lifestyle that we're working to create for ourselves. How did you begin to approach doing that? Yeah, it was a very kind of experimental process, kind of like the whole hourly job concept. But that first year on the road, uh, we started, we were doing a few different things um, at the same time. So we were making a documentary. So we had a little bit of base income coming in. And then I pitched a few RV related websites because one of the things I thought my thing was going to be like work and jobs. And that was as a content creator, those were going to be the things that I talked about. As it turns out, nobody really cared a ton about the hourly jobs. And I mean, I, I enjoyed the trip and the journey and I learned a lot from all the people I met, but a lot on our personal blog, we had like a blog dedicated to the journey and a blog dedicated to just our personal stuff. And it was funny because at one point I remember it's, Snagajob, the sponsor reaching out and being like, Hey, you know, like 
we're doing this whole journey, but you're basically only talking about like this whole, you're geeking out about this whole RV thing on your website. <laughs> and it's like, uh, cause I was really excited and I thought it was really fun. And, um, and if you look at like my old blog posts and some of the ones that are still like ranked maybe decently well in Google, they're all like why you should live in our, I mean, of course I know a lot of people have written stuff like that now. I was just really excited at the time and, and wanting to share it with, with people. So long story short, some of our first freelance projects were like writing blogs for like good Sam or do it DIY RV. And it was just a few bucks, but it kind of showed that we can make money outside of a traditional job, which your first money that you make outside of a traditional job is typically like a really big deal. Um, or at least it was for us. And then we volunteered at different conferences and things like that outside of our journey that helped us start making friends and establishing relationships across the country, kind of building a network. So we would like reach out to a conference and say, Hey, we're filming and we're driving through here. Can we film a video for your event for free? And it helped us like kind of start building relationships with people and like the entrepreneurship author business space. And nine months into um, us never having touched a video camera, we got our first paid gig for somebody. It was shooting a video for a website and it was a half day shoot. And he asked me to quote him and I said a hundred bucks and he said, Nope, I've seen your video work. It's really good. We're going to, I'm going to pay you a thousand. And Alyssa and I freaked out. We're like, Oh my gosh, we, you know, we can, we can do something here. And so at the end of that, our first year on the road, the guy who originally gave me the idea to work a job in all 50 States was so excited that we actually took action on the thing that he had thrown out there as a concept that he was coming out with a book through random house. And he said, you're traveling all around the country and you got these video skills and everything. Why don't you come to California and help me launch my book and let's do like a book tour. So that was like our first like six month contract after Hourly America that kind of gave us a transition into, you know, more freelancing style projects was taking like a longer term gig on. Um, and so we did like a 30 city book tour that I coordinated and we went to, we did a bunch of stuff across the country and then it kind of, um, snowballed into us doing more freelance video projects for everything from filming weddings to conferences, to events, videos for like courses for people that were launching online courses. And, and then like it kind of accumulated in a couple of years ago, we were doing more and more client projects and we were able to do like a really big launch for Winnebago when they released their, uh, Winnebago Revel. And so, you know, it kind of, we started doing more and more work in the RV space and maybe that's getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but that's kind of what it transitioned into. So then you took sort of a lot of that experience, it would seem, and decided, Hey, I'm going to put my own stamp on that. And you've now built the RV entrepreneur brand in which you have a, a, a podcast, which actually was very helpful to my wife and I uh, getting into this uh, as I know it has been for a lot of people. And now you have the, you have a conference as well, the RV entrepreneur summit. You know, I think a lot of people are looking for ways to make money to finance a, a journey like this. And that's not entirely what you, uh, what you help people with, where your, your main focus is more on, allowing people to build a, a business for themselves, a brand for themselves, well, that, whatever that is, it doesn't have to be in the RV space can be just any sort of business that they can run location independently. And a lot of people make money other ways by work camping and, and all sorts of stuff, but you you're particularly interested in how people can, can sort of build a business. What are some of the challenges that face somebody that is looking to, to sort of build a brand that they can run from anywhere? Uh, let me think about that. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess to back up, we, we started the podcast in 20, 
16, I started it. And basically it was just like, we were trying to figure these things out for ourselves. And we started meeting a few people on the road who were trying to figure it out as well. But there wasn't like a common conversation around how people were creating businesses that allowed them to travel. But we had met people firsthand in person who were doing it. So I knew there were people out there. So that was part of the goal is just like, we learned for ourselves, what are people doing? But I also think that one of the biggest challenges I would think right out of the gate is like, if you have the idea or you see somebody who's out traveling, you know, a lot of times maybe you see somebody on Instagram or YouTube and they're a traveler and people maybe have different reactions. You know, there's kind of a negative reaction sometimes where the first thing that somebody thinks is like this person is in their twenties and they're traveling around the country and you know, maybe their parents bankrolled them or they're living at home or something like that. And I think that that maybe is a normal thing um, for some people that like have that negative reaction. But on the flip side, if you go in to it, maybe sometimes that is the case, but maybe sometimes the other case is like somebody worked really hard for a period of time that created a business that allowed them to travel and they lived inexpensively. And that was kind of our story. Um, and so I think the first thing that if you're getting into and you have the kind of the dream or the idea that you want to go travel the country and work from anywhere, it's getting over the initial hump of you probably don't have anybody in your immediate circles that thinks that it's a normal thing. So what I mean by that is basically like when we decided we want to go travel in an RV and there wasn't even as much content out there, the idea telling our parents and all that kind of stuff was, was a real challenge because it, it's very, it's hard to get out of a situation once you're already really ingrained into it, like in an office and people know how much you make and they know, you know, where you're at in your life and things like that. And the idea of throwing out what seems like a crazy dream to people, I think is, was really hard for us at the time. And then I think once you kind of latched onto that dream and you're not willing to let it go, I think the next part uh, would be just finding a, a community of people, which is, I love our Facebook group, the RV entrepreneur group um, on Facebook, because it's such a good place to just immerse yourself online. Even though maybe you don't see these people in person, it's a good chance to like see, Oh, there's a lot of other people doing this. I'm not crazy. And once you get past that, I think the next piece is, what are the options for making an income? So it's, and that's where I think the podcast has been hopefully helpful for some people is that, you know, it's basically just, a, you know, 180 episodes of different ways people have made this lifestyle work. Everything from people who are musicians to app developers, to designers, to remote workers in a job. Um, and, you know, the options are kind of limitless, but it's just kind of realizing like, where you can see yourself in somebody else who has made this journey work because, you know, maybe you don't feel like you have skills that you can take remote until you see somebody who didn't have those skills either and figured out how you could develop them. So I think once you figure out what's out there and what you could possibly do, I think then it's probably a matter of matching up your skills with something that you could see uh, the ability of operating remotely, if that makes sense. We'll have more with Heath Padgett in a moment. But first, RV Miles is sponsored by VersaTube. If you're looking for a way to protect your RV before the winter hits, VersaTube has you covered, literally. From RV covers to carports to garages that you can build yourself, VersaTube is like a grown-up erector set with steel. VersaTube ships directly to your door and is the perfect protector for your Class A, B, C travel trailer or bus conversion. And since VersaTube loves RV Miles listeners, they're offering 5% off any standard RV cover. 
with the coupon code RVMILES, all one word. Head over to VersaTube.com and use the code RVMILES to save 5% off your VersaTube RV cover. That's VersaTube.com. Keep your rig protected this winter with VersaTube. And now back to my interview with Heath Paget. One of the things that I love about the podcast is that it's not um, it's not just you every week talking about a new topic. You bring on tons and tons and tons of guests who have done this in entirely different ways um, from all sorts of uh, different backgrounds. And uh, you know you can you can listen to those 180 episodes and you know find the little pieces that that work for you and and they spark ideas. I think. You know, this in the same way that your journey has led to where you are. A lot of being an entrepreneur is just about ideas coming to you and evolving and turning into something else until until they're right and and honing and all that. And it's really great to hear all the other people that have done it. You know, and and your resources is is fantastic. I appreciate it. You also have the RV Entrepreneur Summit. Uh, which is sort of a conference that kind of does a little bit of the same thing. Talk to me about that a bit. Yeah. So after a year of having the podcast and the Facebook group, we wanted to have an in-person meetup and we were in Texas for a little while that winter anyway. And I was walking around the campground with my friends, Eric and Brittany Highland from RV Wonderlust. And uh, I told them that I had this idea. And when you have friends that you like, you, you kind of have to be careful if you have friends who call you out on your stuff, because I mentioned that to Eric and he was like, just do it. You're going to be in Texas for the next five months anyway. Just, <laughs> you know, like, you know, the landscape, just make something happen. I was like, oh, crap. So we like, I went inside and told Alyssa and she's like, really? we got a lot of stuff going on. I was like, we should just try. So um, we were like, if we get 30 people there, that'll be really cool. You know, if they're going to drive from all over, 30 people coming is, is really fun. And um, we ended up having 120 people sign up. And uh, we had talked to some people who had put on events and conferences and they were like, you know, make it super simple. And, but we ended up putting on like a full on conference and we didn't tell people that we actually just told them we're going to have like, maybe we did say that, but we kind of tr- made it try to, we, we were very vague. We were like, we're going to have like a fun meetup thing and we're going to have some speak. But like when people got there, they were like swag bags and you know, like Alyssa, my wife has, she was an event planner in college. And so she's like, she's really the mastermind of making actually something like this happen. If it was up to me, it'd be like, you know, we'd have stickers with names on it, but we actually had like badges and, you know, like she, she made it very professional. Um, and so we did that the first time in 2017 and it was, I think really valuable because one of the things that, you know, we're all kind of a little bit starved for, and, uh, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I know like for Liz and I, uh, is community and being able to like work remotely is amazing and being able to be in remote places is amazing, but um, it doesn't always necessarily lend, it, lend itself to establishing really deep relationships with people who are like-minded. And so the cool thing about the summit has basically been that, you know, if you're already in the lifestyle or you're making that transition, it kind of provides an opportunity to get to hang out with a lot of other people who have made a lot of the same choices. And so when you, when you show up, you kind of feel like, Oh, these are my people, or at least that's what a lot of people say. Um, because you've all kind of went through a similar journey of having to like help people who maybe didn't believe in it and, and, you know, make a business work. And it's, it's a lot of fun. So basically we've done it four years now. Um, 
it's grown quite a bit. So first year was like 120 people there. Next year was 250. Last year was 350. This year will be about 400. We don't want to get it too big because it already feels like a lot of people coming at that point. But um, it's a four-day event. We're hosting it in March 19th through the 22nd in Lake Gundersville State Park in Northern Alabama. And we have main stage talks and workshops and meetups. And it's all really centered around, you know, helping people create a business that allows them to travel and sharing like stories you know, how people have made that work and hopefully like tactical sessions. So we, we call it a conference and not like a rally because it's, we run it more like a business conference for people who happen to live in RVs. So there's also like a lodge and things where people can stay if they don't have a rig. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what that, what the conference is. Your, your job isn't just telling people the different ways that they can make money on the road. You, you would do other stuff too. <laughs> that is not your, your only business. What else, what else are you working on? What else do you have coming up? You know, it's, it's maybe too much of a pride, a, a point of pride for me that we do other things. And maybe that's been like a detriment, um, to having enough time to explore and things like that. But, you know, when we were first getting started, we, everything was funded by freelance clients and video production and like actual client projects. So, you know, we were always like sharing that and I always wanted it to be like, Oh, I'm not the RV entrepreneur. Like it's more about highlighting other people. And even with our summit, it's like, I don't even speak there. Listen, I emcee the event, but we try to bring in other people who can share stuff. And um, so after client projects uh, a couple of years ago, uh, we've done a couple other things. I mean, we've got the traditional like content creator income streams and things like that, like affiliates or advertising on the podcast, et cetera. And then Alyssa wrote a book that's done really well. It sold over 25,000 copies about living in an RV. Um, and so that's been a good revenue stream on Amazon for us. And it's a really well-ranked book for people who are making that transition. Um, and then a couple years ago, I started a software company with a couple guys called campgroundbooking.com. And basically it's helping campgrounds go online and take reservations so that it's easier to book whenever people roll in. And, uh, and this year we, we rolled it out a couple years ago. This year we took, uh, one and a half million dollars in bookings through the platform over 15,000 campers booked through us. And it's helped quite a few parks save time, um, because people can go online and book versus, a lot of these parks are kind of taking phone calls or emails and things like that. So it's a free software for campgrounds. There's like a small convenience fee that customers pay when they book online um, that helps pay for the cost of the software. But it's been kind of our primary focus in business outside of running the conference. So I do like, it is a point of pride for me. I'm not gonna lie that like I actually have other stuff going on versus the, not that it's a bad thing to have a conference. I just never wanted to be somebody who um, had a business about how to run a business, but I didn't run a business, even though like I'm not the one teaching it all the time. Um, that's just never, I love teaching and I love sharing what I know, but I also wanted to always make sure there was something I was doing to, um, as my, as my focus outside of that, because I feel like once I, you start focus, there's kind of the mentality, like after our first year on the road, I got asked to go speak at companies like Chick-fil-A and UPS and things like that. And that was really cool because they were good paying gigs at the time, but I could also see, people who had been on the speaker circuit track for 20 years and basically they had done one cool thing in their life and basically regurgitated that story to make it a bit. And, th and that's totally fine. And you can inspire people. But for me, I wanted to make sure that we were kind of keep, I was going to keep growing and trying new things and not just trying to like do one thing and then say like, this is my thing. You know what I mean? Like I wanted yeah. to make sure that I, we were always kind of pushing ourselves. Well, I love that you're also open about it too. I think a lot of people do that, but they want to say, I am the CEO of campgroundbooking.com or whatever, you know, they want to say that this is my job and they feel maybe even a little shame that like 
that's not their only, you know, only source of income. It's not their only focus. Uh, but I think the entrepreneurial world is, is changing quite a bit and where you have to have your hands in lots of pockets. And I, I think um, I'm, I'm glad that you're, that you're open and willing to talk about all those sorts of things. You've had, you've had a little wrench thrown into, in, into everything that you, you do recently, though. You are a new father. How has that affected your life, both on the road and as a, as a business owner? Yeah, she's a cute wrench. She's not, not, I mean, we, we were, <laughs> we gave ourselves like five years after we got married and we wanted to have kids. So it was always a matter that we knew that it would change things for us when we started a family. And we were in Canada last summer. Alyssa woke me up one morning and said she was pregnant and everything's changed since then, but she got pretty sick right after five years, right on schedule. We, uh, our daughter was born uh, a couple days before our, um, our five-year wedding, wedding anniversary, two days before she's born. Uh, so we almost, we almost made it exactly right on the dot. Um, but, uh, anyway, some women get very sick during pregnancy. Um, and that was definitely the case for Alyssa. And it was shortly after that where we just realized, Hey, we've been going really hard. Last year we spent six months out of the U S traveling by RV. So we were in Canada and New Zealand for about six months of the year and traveling in a smaller, uh, class B ish motorhome, class C, class B, whatever, just like 24 feet. And, um, it, we were exhausted cause we were like driving every day and we were doing a lot. And basically like when she got sick, we realized, Hey, let's just have a season of our lives and get ready to become parents. And we decided we rented an apartment for a year here in Denton. Um, and we where my wife's family's from in South side of Dallas. And we basically were here for the year. We just actually got back from a month in Italy or being up there. So it's not like we stayed completely still, but uh, our lease is up next month. So it's been nice for us during this time. A lot of families make the transition to parenthood in an RV and that's totally doable for some, everyone's different. Right. Um, I think for us, it was, it was really nice to have a little bit more space. Uh, I was like walking around the RV and cooking Brussels sprouts and Alyssa was like getting sick. So I was just like, dude, she wants a bath. <laughs> um, so it was nice for us to have a season of our lives that um, we could have a little bit more space and be around family, but our lease is up next month and we're hitting the road again. So. Yeah, I, I've been I've loved following the fact that you've been RVing in other parts of, of the world as well. And um, we don't need to get in, into that because as a whole nother ball. Of wax, but, uh, <laughs> uh, I, how we should, uh, though, because it's cool. So, no, yeah, <laughs> how how so you're you're do you have plans on how you're going to change um, travels getting back on the road with a kid or do you think that you'll do it? very similar to before. Yeah, it'll be different because we're trying to navigate right now. How do we be productive human beings while also having a six month old baby in the house? And basically we don't have an answer to that right now. It's, it's kind of like we try to work in the mornings, work when she's asleep and work in the evenings. And so, and we kind of like split duties during the day. So part of it's going to be, I think we want to definitely stay in places for longer periods of time, at least like a couple of weeks at a time. And we're also, our, our goal is that next year in 2020, we're putting it out there into the world that it's like a big, audacious, crazy goal is that we want to buy a campground that we can host our conference at and like cater towards people who work remotely from their RV and have like really amazing internet, a really cool co-working space, things like coffee. We'll host like community events there, maybe even like a place where people can come and like record a podcast episode. 
Um, and so that's something that we are making our primary objective for 2020. So our travels will kind of be contented on finding and purchasing a piece of property. That's, that's super exciting. There's so many people that have been traveling for, for decades in their RV for work. It's, it's not a new thing at all that, I mean, there are people that go, totally. there, there are people that are oil field workers that travel in an RV. We stayed up with a bunch of them up in, uh, up in North Dakota. Uh, I think that's, that's awesome. And I love the idea of sort of, uh, reinventing the campground a little bit, uh, especially, you know, thinking that campgrounds can serve people in, in different ways. They don't all need to be exactly the same. Absolutely. Well, Heath Paget, it's been awesome to have you on. If people want to learn more about you guys and learn more about perhaps becoming an, an entrepreneur that travels <laughs> location independently, where can they find you? Everything is under Heath and Alyssa, so HeathandAlyssa.com. And then if you're interested in the RV Entrepreneur Summit for 2020, we do still have some tickets available. So uh, you can go to the RVEntrepreneur.com and it's in Northern Alabama. Oh, I love Alabama. Alabama is Northern Alabama, particularly secretly, yeah. surprisingly awesome places to it's camp. So beautiful. It's, come, yeah. it's very underrated. It's hill country. It's, it's actually a very gorgeous place. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thanks Heath so much for being on the show and uh, looking forward to following your travels. Once you get out there with, with Ellie, with the little one, I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun. I know we have, we haven't have, had one as young as yours out on the road, but <laughs> I think it'll be, I think it'll be a great time. Thanks so much, Jason. I appreciate it, man. RV miles is brought to you by our friends at harvest hosts. Harvest Hosts provides access to a network of over 900 wineries, farms, breweries, museums, and other unique attractions. Uh, Llama Farm, anyone? And they invite RVers to visit and stay overnight for free. For a low annual fee, Harvest Hosts members can stay at great locations all around North America. Harvest Host is offering our listeners 15% off with code RVMILES. That's all one word, RVMILES, to save 15% off a year subscription. Sign up today at harvesthosts.com with promo code RVMILES. All right, it's time for our fresh tank, black tank segment, where we talk about things we love, things we don't, what's going on in the world. Abby, what is your black tank this week? I got a real black tank of a black tank. Fees were stolen from the honor box at Saguaro National Park. I don't even think I need to like elaborate on that because I mean, so what this is, is like the, this is like the honor box to pay to oh, you go your, ahead. your admission yeah. to the park. No, I'm asking. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. So it's, you know, Saguaro's in Tucson and there is a pay box at the entrance and some people just rolled up and they took it. Wow. And this happened on the evening of October 29th and that's into like, the morning of the 30th. That's like stealing a church collection. It's really, really up there. Wow. So they believe that there were about five to 10 individual entrance fee envelopes and that they may have included some cash or credit card account numbers. I don't even know what to say. Like you read something like that and you just are like, I, I just hope that if they needed to take it, it they had a real desperate need for it. Really and even desperate. then it's not okay. No. 
What's your fresh tank? My fresh tank is a complete 180. It has nothing to do with RV camping national parks. I know that's a complete surprise. But yesterday when I was at my happy place, I was over in the toy section. Wait, with wait, your happy place? I don't even think I need to do after. We might have new listeners. Her okay. happy place is Target. So I was at Target. And I was there with my mother-in-law and we were looking at the toys and we we're getting some IDs for the kids. And I came across this game that has nothing to do with my children and is completely for me. And it's called, what do you meme? M-E-M-E. And you know, a meme is generally really funny, haha picture, right? With a really great quote underneath it. And I was immediately drawn to this because I just, it's like my game. I think I probably fired off like five texts within the course of five minutes and saying to everybody, we're playing this game the next time you see me, like this is, this is the game. So the game is what it is, is it's cards. It's very similar to cards against humanity. Okay. So you're going to get a card and it's going to have a picture on it, you know, and it's going to be a picture that is commonly used for memes, you know, so it's usually something very dramatic or it it lends itself to being captioned. Right. And then each person has to go around with the cards that they have in their hand, which are caption cards. And then they have to caption that meme. And each, I think if I remember right, each person, like you take turns being a judge, similar to cards against humanity. Right. And then that judge of that round picks what they think is the funniest caption to go with that image. And they have all these expansion packs now. I think there were like three or four expansion packs. Like one was not, you know, not suitable for work, the NSFW expansion pack. (laughs) Okay. But like I was standing there and I was reading just like the back of each of these expansion packs and the back of the game box. And it was giving some images and some suggestions. I was crying. I was laughing so hard. So this gets my fresh tank for the week because the holidays are rolling around. It's perfect time to go play games with people. It's perfect time to have, you know, have a little, have a little Bailey's and coffee, maybe a little hot toddy and shuffle the kids off to bed and then play. What do you mean? All right. There you go. It. That's my fresh tank. So we are absolutely, I mean, I'm going to go buy this game. It's inevitable. So that's what we'll be doing for all of November and December. If you're wondering, uh, Jason, what is your black tank? For the week. So listen, if you're one of those people that, uh, that complains about anything Christmas before Thanksgiving, don't at me, (laughs) you and I can't be friends. (laughs) We were listening to Christmas music in October. Listen, I was, I, when we were still in North Dakota and I, and I said, enough is enough. I will do whatever I have to do in order to find joy in life. Right now I busted out great British baking shows holiday with Selassie because Selassie is the holidays <laughs> and I was watching Hallmark movies and Sirius XM kicked on their holiday channel. So uh, holidays, whenever you want them, you do you. Anyway, people in the UK have voted Mariah Carey's all I want for Christmas is you as the most annoying Christmas song. I can't blame them. I although, can blame them. Although, first of all, I, can't, first I know of all, you can cause it's your jam. All, I love that song. It's your jam. Right. You play a mean air piano. It is the only on. real Christmas song that's new to come out in like decades. Okay. Can I tell everyone probably one of my <laughs> most just deep, vivid, visceral <laughs> memories of you. And we had been together for years. Maybe this even happened a couple years ago. We are in the car. He is driving. This song starts and yeah. out of the corner of my eye, I just see his right hand is just 
playing the piano like nobody's business. He rolls it up the scale and brings it back down in perfect time with that song. And I looked over at him and I thought to myself, I had no idea he had such air piano skills. But second, I didn't realize how much he loved this song. That song is Jason's jam. So I can see why you blacklisted this. See, that comes from that comes from my or dad. My dad does a, my dad does a perfect uh, there's a keyboard solo in the middle of Ario Speedwagons <laughs> riding the storm out. I've not seen that. Or no, no, I'm sorry. In the, it's in the middle of Ario Speedwagons. Keep on rolling. Oh, I'm putting that song on tonight <laughs> when your dad gets home. I got to see this because I got to see it must run in the family. I mean, it I, was, I don't even know if he remembers, but we used to play, we used to play that Ario Speedwagon CD on our way to Colorado. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> All the time. Now, anyway. I will, look, I will argue this with you. Actually, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. I will agree with you in the sense that I don't think Faith Hill's Where Are You Christmas <laughs> must exist in the UK because that is by That's far. That's clearly the, the most annoying. That is by far. Not only is it the most annoying song, it will be one of the most annoying videos you ever lay your eyes on if you've ever seen it. But there's also like, you know, there's Dominic the donkey. No, okay? Faith Hill <laughs> is still worse. We've got that. There won't be snow in Africa this Christmas Faith song. Hill is still worse. <laughs> no, I, 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 hey, I agree with you. I'm saying these, these are all songs she that are just, worse than Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas yeah. Is You." I mean, she just does that breathy like, "Where are you?" I can't, I can't. And then all of a sudden, she's like, "My what?" She's just like, the it's, le- "It's," but it's, it's not I even. Can't. It's not even her. The lyrics to that song are so. Bad. Yeah. My world is changing. <laughs> I'm rearranging. <laughs> Does that mean Christmas? Why, changes why, you, too? why can't you find Christmas? <laughs> open the Where? calendar to December 25th. There it is. Where'd it go? <laughs> you can go over with the with you know the people who are saying, do they know it's Christmas time at all over in Africa? <laughs> Where are you, Christmas? Why can't I find you? We just come out already. It's really, I could go on and on about this song for hours. All right. That's enough about that. Anyway, the what's your Perry fresh tank? My fresh tank is Airstream. Did you know? The band? <laughs> Airstream, the trailer. Oh, we're I don't, Is there an Airstream band? Is the, is, isn't there an Air something band? I think you're thinking of Aerosmith, maybe? No, no. Uh, Air Supply? Air, maybe that's it. <laughs> Air supply. Did you know that Airstream has a long history with NASA? I didn't know that. This is from their website. As NASA was preparing to send astronauts to the moon in the 60s, concerns arose in the scientific community about the threat of unknown lunar pathogens. Fear spread that astronauts could come into contact with bacteria on the surface of the moon and expose others upon their return, leading to an outbreak of disease. So they needed something to quarantine them in. And they had Aerostream. Or Aerosmith. <laughs> Did they have Aerosmith? And they had Airstream build them a vehicle that was to quarantine a trailer, an Airstream trailer to quarantine the astronauts in. And ever since, Airstream has worked with NASA to build transport vehicles for astronauts. And that sort of ended with the retiring of the space shuttle. But they're back. In 2020, the Astrovan 2 will be transporting astronauts for their trip up to the space station. 
I think that's just an awesome piece of RV history that I had no idea about. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that either. Yeah. I mean, an Aerostream. <laughs> Airstream. See what you've done to me now? <laughs> Maybe they made them listen to Aerosmith. Airstream, Steven Tyler. Yes. Airstream does seem like it has a another world type. Aerosmith has a relationship but, with space as well. I well, mean, Aerosmith if, is timeless. Okay? If you happen to see the, the 1990s hit film. <laughs> Stop it. Get out of here. I can't even say it. If you've seen the 1990s hit film Armageddon, the- you know, so now Airstream needs to build a trailer for Aerosmith <laughs> and the trifecta will be complete. And somehow inside of all of this, Kevin Bacon will make an appearance. All right. Okay. Well, well we we're go. sufficiently off the rails. So let's end this episode uh, with a brain teaser. How about let's how about do we? and then let's get our two day vacation. This started. one. This is another one related to the clock and, and time. It's a little bit easier to read, though. How many times do the hour and minute hand cross each other in a 12 hour period on a clock? You know, you know, those old, uh-huh. old fashioned clocks with the hands that move, yeah. not these so newfangled digital at, things, hey, not, not the Apple watch you're looking but at. But you know what? My Apple watch has an old digital oh, face go. on it. Yeah. I like that idea of yeah. being able to see all that information at once. <laughs> I wasn't, I don't know the answer though, but I won't give away the answer even if I well, did. You could just spend 12 hours counting. I'll work on it when we're on the train tomorrow. <laughs> if you think you know the answer, you can head over to the show notes at rvmiles.com slash 119. And at the bottom, there will be a form you can fill out or you can head over to rvmiles.com slash brain teaser and answer there. Make sure you answer, you know, before we put the next episode out. Otherwise, your answer is kind of useless. Yeah, I think it's and we aren't very good about establishing this, but Fridays are always going to be the cutoff date, I think, going forward, because we do tend to record on Friday nights. If for any reason we do it earlier, we'll still take all that into account. But generally the the best play it's safe, get it in before Friday, but Friday before noon is the absolute cutoff deadline. So we really want everyone to have a chance to play. So just kind of keep that in mind. Now, next week's episode will not have a brain teaser. So you actually no. do have a little extra time with this one. This is going to be our holiday gift guide episode. We said it was going to be this week, last week, but it's going to be next well, week. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is we didn't really think it through. Jason and I have been, <laughs> which is surprising. I know everyone's shocked right now, but Jason and I have been kind of gifted a little two-day getaway by our in-laws. And so we are actually headed up to Chicago on a really, really early train tomorrow morning. And we're going to get to see some friends that we have been longing to see for the next two days. So a lot of work and extra work that we don't normally have to do for the podcast goes into a gift guide. So too long, didn't read. It'll be next week. All right. Thanks for joining us this week, everybody. Absolutely. Thank you for hanging out here with us for um, some very wacky minutes because we were clearly, you can tell we need a little vacation. And if you want to connect with us, we are all across social media. Just search RV Miles on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, and feel free to drop us a message there in our DMs. We love to hear from you or the very best place to find us and some of the coolest, raddest people in the RV community is over at the RV Miles Facebook group. Love that group. They're real funny. They're universalizable people. So just go over there. You're going to love them. Uh, If you want to just kind of see what we're up to in our day-to-day as a traveling family, we're over at OurWanderingFamily.com. We also share a little bit more of a personal insight to what we do as a family on the road on our Our Wandering Family social channels, and that's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and YouTube as well. 
And of course, let's wrap it up by reminding everyone that the Sea America podcast comes out this weekend, that the National Parks podcast comes out this weekend, and they make for really good road trip listens. So if you haven't given those a listen, head over to your favorite podcast listening app, search America's National Parks, search Sea America. All right, we'll see you all next week. We'll see you next week. Keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody.